0: December 23rd, 2016. My name is Kellen Conley, and this is Hyphen Nation. We are playing a road game, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live, but not from where you expect me to be coming to you live. I am in Morgantown. I am not in a Kroger parking lot. I am actually... Above Mountaineer Field, Milan Pushkar Stadium. Because right behind Milan Pushkar Stadium is the law school. And there's a parking lot up here and nobody's in it. Because all the students are gone for the semester. Hell, I don't even know if a lot of people use this parking lot like that. Unless there's a game. I'll have to reconfirm and get back to y'all on that. But it's the morning... You may tell I have a little bit more energy compared to my last several podcasts that I've been doing late at night. But we here. We are here. For the people. By the people. Brought to you by the one and only. Kellen-Conley. 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 Kellen-B-Conley. HY. All that stuff. Two days before Christmas. Sister-in-law, Nikki, who was on episode 25, she's here. She just got back in for the holidays. She's taking Aaliyah shopping today. So I imagine lots of things will be bought for her again today. I ain't mad at it, though. I have to work. Story of my life. But I wanted to make sure I sat down with y'all. Because I want to get the episode 30. Like let's listen to this. I sat down last night. Well, not even sat down. I laid in the bed last night to turn on the Eagles Giants game, and I was watching it. And at one point, I dozed off for a few seconds. And Angel was looking at me. She's like, "You're snoring." Like, no, I'm not. I'm thinking it's just an aberration, right? Longer I watch this game, harder it is for me to stay awake. Now that's a problem because I'm supposed to record. Uh, this episode tonight, Hyphenation 28. And I'm like, nah, nah, I can't go to sleep. Like, all I know, all I gotta do is literally sit up. Because I had plenty of sleep the night before. My body has been telling me, look, take yourself to bed. There's no reason for you to be up doing tired podcasts. Because literally, episode 28, I did fall asleep while talking about Cody Rhodes which is a bad reflection of Cody Rhodes but I I mixed up my stories because I I was talking about him not getting the push he wanted not getting to be getting to not be the stardust character anymore in WWE and then I started talking about he came back from suspension and I literally was talking and I dozed off so that's why last last episode was called I do this in my sleep so I hope you enjoyed it because I checked it out I was like man because the thing is, when I'm at the house, recording at Victory Jump Off Radio Studios, uh, or Victory Jump Off Studios 7.0, when I'm in the house and I'm recording late, I can be loud to a degree, but I don't want to be too loud and then wake up Aaliyah and Angel and everything else. So I'm always trying to keep my voice kind of uh, relaxed, you know? And I still think I'm doing quality podcasts. But I just know I'm such a better morning podcaster versus a night podcaster. Unless I can record early enough to give y'all the energy I want to bring to y'all. So I apologize for that. But we're doing a morning show. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. And this is Hyphenation Episode 28, let's go. First topic. The heavy biscuit is what I have written in on my show notes. So. (laughs) a couple weekends ago, like maybe two weekends ago, we all went to Cracker Barrel. Angel, Aaliyah, my brother-in-law, Christian, who was trying to rest during me and Nikki's podcast, episode 25, and my mother-in-law, Janice. We all go to Cracker Barrel. And me and Angel are a little low on money because that that happens on our paychecks. We We have a lot of bills to pay, and then we just have so much to live off of until our next paycheck. And so we were trying to conserve money. So we got the breakfast. I'm like, man, I don't really want to order breakfast. Because if I order breakfast, especially a Cracker Barrel, it's going to be pancakes. It's going to be bacon. It's going to be eggs, toast, and possibly some country ham. Because your boy go in. <laughs> you can look at me and tell that your boy will go in on some food. Right? So. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, I'm not going to order anything. Everybody's like, oh, you're not going to order anything. I'm like, nah, I mean, it's cool because uh, we try to save money, whatever. Of course, Angel's like, I would have just put it on my credit card. no no no, So that was a mistake on my part, obviously. So, anyway, there were some biscuits on the table. So I was having a couple of biscuits. Angel wasn't eating all her food. She gave me an A. The long story is, um, my family was giving me food off of their plate since I didn't order and they weren't going to eat all the food because I'm the only one normally at the table who finishes everything. As you can tell, I go in. So, Aaliyah says, I want a biscuit. So I'm like, all right. So I made, I put some butter on a biscuit and some, I think it was some jelly, maybe apple butter. I think it was jelly though. It doesn't really matter. Just put it on there like normal and gave her half a biscuit because Aaliyah also is learning to go in. And then she's at the age where she can go in because she has super high metabolism. So she's fine. <laughs> I give her this biscuit. And I I didn't realize at the time that Aaliyah is trying to not get she, she's not trying to get her hands all messy and sticky. And when you eat a biscuit at that age, at two, you you have to hold things a certain way. And so you're going to put your fingers in the, um, butter and the, um, jelly. So she, uh, <laughs> she's trying to hold this biscuit. And she's eating it out. I'm like eating the food that was on my plate or whatever. And then she drops it. And she starts to get upset. She's like, uh oh, drop a biscuit. <laughs> it's like, she's too, obviously. This is things that happen. So uh, we pick up the biscuit and like, oh, sorry, we got more. We can make you another one. And she looks at me. And she said, Daddy, you made my biscuit too heavy. By too heavy, she meant all the stuff I put on top because she couldn't then properly hold it. So not only did I not order breakfast like a dummy, then I gave my daughter a heavy biscuit, which she dropped to the floor, and she got a little upset about it. And then she called me out on it because I put too much stuff on it for her to hold it. The things out of the mouths of babes, ladies and gentlemen. Next topic. Moving right along. This episode might be 15 minutes. I'm kidding. Can I forgive Kanye like I've forgiven Hulk Hogan? Now, I know as soon as Eric Greenlee hears this, he's going to be like, what? What do you mean forgave Hulk Hogan? For those of you who aren't up on the business, past few years, Hulk Hogan had, um, was in a lawsuit with, with the website website, website Gawker. Because they released his sex tape that he made with, I can't even think of the dude's name. But he slept with another former wrestler's wife. And I can't remember the details whether that the wife wasn't with her husband anymore or what. But this guy does not like Hogan. So the story is he had set up a hidden camera and filmed Hulk Hogan having sex with his wife. And then he proceeded to sell the said mixtape to Gawker. And Gawker was more than happy to oblige, because they're a piece of shit website, to post this. Now, if, you, if you're familiar with Trike Adventures, which is my other podcast I do with my friends Anthony and Thomas, Mike Osti, who actually just did a radio show with a U 92 and I've been on his podcast, the Howards and Buzzsaw show many times. Mike Ostie was in and did was sat in on this episode of Trike adventures. And one of the things that came up was Hulk Hogan sex tape. But well, it might not have even been on Trike adventures. It could have been on how what's buzzsaw. He asked me if I watched it. And I was like, no, ladies and gentlemen, I am an advocate of porn and the adult entertainment industry. But one thing I will not do is watch Hulk Hogan have sex. Willingly. <laughs> if I accidentally get caught up and I see it, it's like, ah, well. Oh, well. But I wasn't actively seeking it. Mike Ostie, the buzzsaw, has watched this, watched this video. Probably just a few minutes. I'm not going to say he went all in and analyzed it down to a T like it was a sports play. But he watched it. Hogan Sue Gawker, and I th- he may have had a, a suit against the actual wrestlers himself. The other who uh, put out this video and as the years went by, more things came out of, um, I, I, this word lines? I don't know the full story. Somehow in all of this, there was these audio snippets of Hogan talking to his son, Nick about different things. And one of the things was his daughter, Brooke, who has a striking resemblance to him, who I still think is very cute. And very pretty. Shout out to Brooke Hogan. And yes. I used to watch. uh, Hogan Knows Best. And a little bit of Brooke Knows Best. And actually her song with Pitbull. I think it was Pitbull. Eh, No no. Paul Wall. That joint still goes. That Paul Wall joint. That she did. I really like that song. These conversations start coming out. That he's had. And apparently Brooke was. Either. Seeing, sleeping with, or someone was interested in getting with his daughter. he happened to be black, so Hawk took talking to Nick, goes all in. he's like, "I don't want Brooke hooking up with this. let's just say it, Nigger, um, oh, yeah, it just got real, didn't it? I don't want Brooke doing this or that. That's my baby." Why can't she at least be messing with one of the rich niggers and so on and so forth for a few minutes. Now this, these comments alienated a large portion of the Hulkamania fan base, myself included. Peter Rosenberg, who does, um, who's on Ebro in the morning on hot 97 does, I, th- I believe he still has his podcast. It used to be on Grantland. Now it's on ESPN about wrestling. He's a huge wrestling guy. And I believe he's going to start. If he hadn't already started. I can't remember. Um, he's going to start being on uh, pre-shows for pay-per-views for WWE and stuff. Just like Sam Roberts was at Roadblock. Which I attended. Which I'll talk about in episode 29. He's going to start being on there. Peter Rosenberg is absolutely crushed by this. Eric Greenley was absolutely crushed by this. I don't know where Eric stood on Hulk before these comments came out, but I would imagine him being the wrestling guy that he is, that he held Hulk Hogan in high regard, just like I did. When I started my third wrestling renaissance, second wrestling renaissance, which started around 2007, Hulk Hogan was on the tail end of his uh, last WWE run before he went to TNA. And I got really big on Hawk again. And there, I saw him Walmart one day. They had this Hawk Hogan anthology, which had all these matches from his early, a few matches from his early career, a large portion of his Hulkamania run up until he left for WCW. It had, a few of the WCW matches, like his first uh, WCW World Heavyweight Champion Championship win over Ric Flair, where Shaq was there in 1994. It had the NWO heel turn. Uh, his match with Sting at Starcade in 1997. There wasn't a whole lot of highlights from those eight times, so there wasn't a whole lot of stuff there. It's And then Hulk retired, supposedly, when WCW went under. Then it showed him wrestling... Uh, Mr. Perfect at an indie event, and then it showed his return back to WWE, where he eventually did reclaim, actually claim the the um, I guess it was the unified uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship when he won it from Triple H, and he was champion for a little bit there, and it showed his whole run. I think the last thing I was in there was probably his match with uh, Shawn Michaels. At SummerSlam in like 06. 05 or 06. And I love this DVD. It, it, I could sit there and watch it for hours. Hulk Hogan. Is. One of the greatest of all time for me. When it comes to the squared circle. When I first heard the news. I was like a lot of other people. Including WWE who fired him. Even though. And. It's been a few years now. I think it might have been two years because he wasn't at WrestleMania 32. He was at WrestleMania 31. So maybe about a year and a half since they let him go. And now there's rumors that they're, now that the lawsuit's over, Hulk won. WWE is slowly bringing Hulk back because Michael Cole mentioned Hogan's name for the first time on WWE television since he had been let go. So they're slowly going to bring Hulk Hogan back into the fold. As far as doing the things he was doing before this came out. Like the special appearances and things like that. Which is good for Hulk. But when all this was happening, when the comments came out, I was pissed. Because this is, again, a childhood hero of mine. And for him to sit there and talk about something so near and dear to me. Well, not even near and dear. I am a black man. For him to talk about some random guy, it could have been me trying to holler at Brooke Hogan or sleeping with Brooke Hogan or whatever. And then to him use those terms, whether he knew he was being recorded or whether he thought he was talking to his son, Nick, it's not cool. It's inexcusable. And Hogan's come out several times apologizing for, oh, well, um... I it was a not a, it was an accident. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, I should have made those comments. I have plenty of black friends, which a lot of a lot of times that's been that's used when a racially insensitive comment has come has come out to the public. The person who says it is always like, I have lots of black friends. Well, bro, brother, <laughs> we don't believe you, which isn't true. I was sitting in uh, Alia's old bedroom at our old house, at her last house, on Twitter, putting her to sleep. I believe it was during the day. We used to rock her to sleep until finally we we started laying her down, and obviously now she sleeps by herself. I mean, this is things that happen as a parent. Looking through Twitter, I I see Hawk's comments, and Hawk is on Twitter that day. And people are literally either cursing his name and tweeting at him. But there's a smattering of people saying, Hulk, I understand you made a mistake and I forgive you. Including several black people. So I was fired up, I was still mad about this I mean it was pretty fresh I think this might have been within 48 hours of everything coming out 48 to 60 hours of uh, all this news coming out about Hawk. and I heard the comments myself, obviously and I'm sitting there holding Aaliyah everything's fine in my life and I'm thinking about all the things that Hulk Hogan has brought into my life as far as pro wrestling goes, and all the joy he's given me over the years. And I decided that I too was not going to hold this against him. So I tweeted him. I don't know if I can find the actual tweet. I'm going to give it a shot here. Let's see. B Hyphen at Hulk Hogan. Ha ha. Here we go. Time frame July 25th, 2015. At Hulk Hogan. I can't quit you, Hawk. We all make mistakes, and I can't hold a grudge. I forgive you, as I'm sure everyone else will in time. And I said this at 5.33 p.m. Four minutes later, the hawkster himself, not just ats me, takes the time to read my name at least. And he says, Joe Kellen, strong brother, only love, HH. Now, could my, my uh, view on this be a little slanted because my childhood hero tweeted me and said my name? And gave me my propers for forgiving him. Sure. I'm easily bought. I can't lie. (laughs) Show me the money. But the thing is. I found it in my heart to forgive him. He responded back with an honest tweet. In reply saying thank you. And that's that. Could he still be a racist jerk sure But shoes on another fit, foot shoe another foot if so no good nigga yeah this can, this episode contains M bombs wants to get with Aaliyah or later down in life is sleeping with Aaliyah dating Aaliyah I might take someone aside and be like you know fuck that nigga like real talk that's his daughter yes he's a white man should he have said it like that no and yes as a black man should I say that like that to whoever I decide to take that aside with no it should not be about race I should just be like oh this dude's trash this dude's complete trash in fact here's some trash you see him in there. Shout out to Pac-Man Jones. So yes, I forgave Hulk Hogan. Now back to Kanye. As y'all know, I've been on my anti-Kanye shit since the Trump comments. And I haven't felt any remorse at all. None. None at all. Since he's gotten... Out of the hospital, he's now platinum blonde, doing a Cisco thing—not even Cisco, but more like Frank Ocean on the cover of Blonde. Whatever. Him and Kim are making public appearances again. Rumors are swirling around that they might get divorced, but that has been overtaken by the Rob Kardashian Black China drama from earlier from last weekend, and now here they're back together already. So. Whatever. Uh but I was I, I saw that Fonsworth Bentley was a guest on a podcast, which I have not listened to. I listened to no, that's not true. I listened to a lot of the podcasts. I haven't listened to a full podcast, which I will do um here soon. It's on my iPod. And Fonsworth was talking about uh the Making a Life of Pablo and his or his career as a rapper and artist and what he does for other artists. And mostly a lot about his work with Kanye. And of course, they started talking about his recent troubles. Because I wasn't sure how soon, how recent it was recorded. And it was obviously after Kanye had been hospitalized. And Fonsworth said something that really struck home with me. And something that a lot of us already kind of knew. But... It's kind of like the elephant in the room that we don't address when it comes to Kanye. If you look at everything he's done since Donda passed in 2007. Sorry, I got distracted by my sunroof. (laughs) That's podcast 101. If you look at everything that's happened to Kanye since 2007, since Donda passed, Ada Waits, Amber Rose, Hennessy on the Red Carpet, Taylor Swift, My Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy, Kim, uh, Yeezus, The Clothing Lines, Houseway, all this stuff leading up to the life of Pablo. He said, the thing is with Kanye, and and don't quote me, but this is basically what he said. He said, the thing with Kanye is he's never taken the time to properly mourn his mother. And as someone who lost both of his mothers last year, I still don't feel like I've taken the time to properly mourn my mothers. I cried a lot of tears several times since October and November last year. I still can't walk in my mother's walk in closet. It Phil chills if once you burst into tears. I'm wondering if that alone is enough to give Kanye a pass on the Trump comments because he's obviously never dealt with Donda's death he just kept going and going and going on to the next, on to the next, on to the next and being a mega superstar that he is I can see where his not taking the time to forgive Donda would affect him enough to where he had this breakdown that he had last month And with that said I feel like that gives him a pass on the Trump comments. Which would mean I would then still support Kanye West's music, nothing else. His son and daughter, great. I don't want Kim to divorce him because who knows what will happen if that happens. Because I actually do think that they are at one point or if they, they still could be truly in love. I mean she was robbed at gunpoint. Yay! stopped the show to be with her side. He called out a very large NBA basketball player on a song about Kim. So no repercussions of that. Not that Chris Humphreys would do anything. But I am just saying. What's the what is a proper morning window for these things, you know? Like is there a there's not a statute of limitations on morning. My mother mourned my grandmother. Until the day she died. Losing her in 1998 devastated her. And she never got over it. Never. Now. Clearly Kanye had a breakdown. That doesn't say he gets to keep doing dumb shit. And again I'm not advocating his Trump comments. Or any of his actions outside of literally what is laid on the record and released to the public. I'm not. But I think as someone who knows what he's going through, going through, I can forgive Kanye West. And we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Next topic. All right. So, look, I started this episode, I don't know, Thursday before Christmas, Friday before Christmas, Friday before Christmas. And uh, I did it in the morning. You're going to hear all the energy. (laughs) And now I'm picking this back up on January 2nd. 2017 the first hyphenation of the new year so you have an episode that was started two days before Christmas and now it's suddenly January 2nd so you're asking yourself hyphen what happened how come you never finished the episode well let me tell you what happened I went out to lunch with my wife and Nikki and Aaliyah so I didn't finish the episode that day Excuse me. I then didn't take advantage of that night recorded because I was too tired. Next day was Christmas Eve. Nope. Next day was Christmas. Nope. Let's see. Monday, recovered from Christmas, I guess you could call it. Tuesday, I had to work again. Did I take any of that time to record? No, but I did bring my stuff with me. I think. Maybe. No, I think I think I left it at home. I lied. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know, right? Didn't happen then. Then I went home to see Dad in Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia, at Cabin Bridge, West Virginia, from... Tuesday evening until New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, nope, yesterday, eh, maybe, I was exhausted though, I slept horribly on New Year's Eve night, and here we are, January 2nd, 2017, I apologize. I really do. Cause I know that I had mentioned something about knocking out 28 and knocking out 29 and then knocking out 30, which is supposed to be the Q and a episode, but it just didn't happen. so hashtag the promise did not happen. And my apologies to Mike, cause Mike gave me several tweets full of shit, kind of shit. More like a, uh, Suggestions (laughs) Suggestions <laughs> about uh how I could uh possibly get this done and make make sure the promise happens, so hyphenation and its first year of creation had twenty seven episodes officially twenty seven and a half'cause half of this was recorded in twenty sixteen and the rest of it's getting done in twenty seventeen eh, it is what it is, but the train's rolling. I got this Bring It to the Table show with Peter Rosenberg on the WWE Network on right now, and it's kind of trash because they're talking about old stuff, because obviously they couldn't record this, I don't know, somewhere around now to, uh, like, recently. No, it seems like it was recorded not that long after Survivor Series. I have it on with the captions. It has potential. Excuse my cough. Back to the topics. Seriously, no. How to tell a black man is in his 20s. So one of my coworkers, it was his birthday a few weeks back. And so his brother came up from Parkersburg to surprise him, which was awesome. Got him a cookie cake. Got him a couple other gifts, mostly Chicago Cubs related, and then this other dude comes in, and he, he's he's talking to talking to my coworker. Everything's cool, yada yada yada. And he's like, "Hey, this this is uh, my coworker, Kellen. He's tele supervisor or whatever. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm, like, I'm good, you know." And then they kind of float around the branch a little bit more. We were dead. It was his birthday. They were kind of having some cookie cake, yada, yada, yada. And then I hear laughing. So I'm like, all right, who's laughing? So I don't like nobody be happy in my branch. No, but seriously. So I was like, whatever. They're just clowning. No big deal. And I don't know if it was my coworker or somebody said it was probably my coworker. He said, "Yo, he just said you look just like Craig Robinson." I am not Craig Robinson. I'm not. I The thing that pisses me off is I see it too. So that really makes me mad. Carlton is more like you're a nerdy black guy, so we're gonna compare you, compare you to him. Craig Robinson is kind of spot of one, and it really freaking bothers me. Just saying, because I'm not Craig Robinson. I'm not. I'm just I'm just a brother out here trying to stay alive. Literally, see episode seventeen. <laughs> Excuse me again. Coughing the microphone. Podcasting 101, ladies and gentlemen. Fist pump. <clears throat> but the reason I could, I mean, he was younger. I mean, he was probably around my coworker's age. Coworker just turned 22. He's probably somewhere in that range. And I don't even know if it really defines him as being in his 20s. But the fact he just met me, just saw me for the first five minutes of his life. The best five minutes of his life, I might add. And then this dude has nerve like, you look like Craig Robinson. (laughs) It's like, dude, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But what gives you the right to call me out just like that? I mean, there's plenty of situations where I walk into something brand new, and I make knee-jerk reactions, or uh, yeah, to things around me. But the thing is, I don't intern. I don't. I don't externalize it. I don't put it out there immediately. I might say to one of my friends later, like, "Yo, you know, so and so earlier, they look like this, or they reminded me of this." That's one thing. Before this dude. Who also happened to apply for employment at my employee, and I kind of have a say so in that decision in the future. For this guy to be like, "Oh, <laughs> he looked like Craig Robinson from The Office, from Hot Tub Time Machine." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, got him. So, all right, look, it, uh, it, it's cool. I get it. I see it too. But why in the world? I I don't know. I don't know. And and that's the main thing because it's like 34-year-old me, which I'll be 34 in a few weeks, versus 24-year-old me. I would have thought, no big deal. Who cares? It's just a joke. People cut on each other all the time yeah but at the same time it's just it's just it, now let me let me flip it on you though so white guy goes into a place of business <coughs> excuse me again goes into a place of business. And he sees something. He's like, man, this guy, this girl, this whatever totally reminds me of this. Even in his 20s. I don't feel like he, I don't feel like he makes sure that that person finds out what they were called to their face while they're still there. It might just be a level of ratchetness and a level of ignorance that us black people have. We all know we have it. There's nothing wrong with it. But as one of my recent mottos has come into play, time and place for everything. There is no reason to be that way at all. I, I, just, I just don't feel like if it would help most other ethnicities, I can't see them going into a place a, a place of business and essentially frying an employee to their face unless it got to a certain situation. They got into an argument. Things were said. Rationality went out the window. But for this black kid <clears throat> coming in and take his shot at, B- at the hyphen? But really really, really it's it's just a level of maturity that's not there yet, and he might get it he might not, but I know he uh, his name better not come across my desk about uh wanting a job again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Top hater, top hater, that's what I am. Next topic. So I mentioned a few episodes ago how one of my coworkers, again, a different coworker from the one whose friend fried me to my face. He had made mention of how I'm always singing women's songs. That are on the radio. He's like, "Yo, like we all like the songs, but like you, you, Kellen, you just be getting into them and singing all the words and all this, and it's, it's like you're you're all about the girl song, the chick songs, whatever." He said. And the more I think about it, even as I sit here and watch wrestling, I just said earlier in our wrestle chat, messenger group chat. I just said I would like them to do a women's version of the Royal Rumble, but I know it couldn't be pulled off well enough, where it would. What what is it? Where it would be worthwhile? Because anytime the women have a battle royal, it's like within five minutes on Raw or SmackDown. And then it's done. When you get four people in the ring. They can still do their thing. Especially with the talent levels that they're at now. I just feel like. A women's Royal Rumble would have to be planned perfectly. And done in a short, shorter time frame. With less entries of course. In order to be pulled off well. And I just don't see that being pulled off well. So. With that said, I find myself more and more being pro-women, whether that be through song. I've probably listened to more albums by women this year than I have in a long time. A lot of my recommendations have come from women artists. Ariana Grande. Wait, have I even recommended that one? I'll get it say this episode. Uh, JoJo. Uh, Gaga, I don't know if I recommended Gaga. I definitely did not recommend Gaga unless I did it last time. I don't know. Um, that, oh, what's her name? Um, um, hey, I just met Carly Rae Jepsen. Her album before she did the kind of remix, um, unreleased joint that she put out last year. I was a really big fan of. I've I've just really been more into women in general. And I don't mean in the normal man loves woman sense. It's more like a I support you and I'm here kind of thing. And I a lot has to do with Aaliyah, because I I don't remember being this way before her without there being some kind of intent behind it. Like I support this for this reason, but now I just feel like my life is full of all kinds of stuff that relates to the advancement of women in society. I don't know. Certain people will say certain things a certain ways. Certain things, and like normally, it would be no big deal. Like even a couple years ago, now it's like, eh, bro, that kind of sounds a little rapey, a <laughs> little rapey to me. I don't think that's cool. again, this could go into the topic of maturity or maturing as the scholars like to say that as you mature, you become more aware of the issues around you and stuff. And I'm not, I am by no means a flag waving. I'm not Nikki. No offense to Nikki, but Nikki is a feminist she is one of the top feminists that i know in my life. on the other hand, heather, my best friend is also a feminist. but she's also a feminist without wearing it on her sleeve 24/7 which nikki does except nikki's is a full tattooed sleeve that goes all the way around her arm. but even with with my superheroes like spider-gwen, uh the the new Batgirl redesign series that came out a few years ago. Um, I've always been a big Powerpuff Girls guy, but that's just because Powerpuff Girls are awesome. Let's all just admit that. Uh, I I mean, there's other, like, I feel like there's books that I've been reading where I, I find myself more invested in the female characters. It, I I have a book idea that I have that involves female characters that I've had for several years, which predates it's the idea is at least 12 years old at this, uh, at this point, at least. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm like, Jack Nicholson's character and As Good As It Gets where he was writing all these, I believe it was romance, romance novels. And like he was, (laughs) without him being, (laughs) he was at his publishers or whatever and he's coming out and then somebody comes up to him and says, oh, how are you so good at writing women? And he's like, I take out rationality and something else. And there you go. I'm not like that, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I kind of, get it and I kinda understand the plate. but lord knows I'll never be able to relate to being a woman and I'm okay with that as long as I can do what I can for Angel and Aaliyah then I'm cool I wish y'all could see me right now I have my foot propped up on my chair using the headset mic I used the headset mic earlier when I started this episode and I figured I'd finish out this episode with the headset mic. And honestly, it's a lot easier. The only problem with the headset mic is you get the constant the mic moving as I'm moving. But I look like the freaking captain. Foot up. G's up. Pose down. Can't swim. She gonna drown. That brings me to another topic that's not on this topic. But I'm going to squeeze it in right now. To be explicit or to not be explicit. Now, as fans of the show as you should be, because the show's awesome, and it's the best podcast in the world, I've been told. That's what the ratings say on iTunes. I mean, it could if somebody would actually go to the iTunes page that wasn't me and hit five stars and then hook a brother up with a best podcast in the world rating. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. But my, my friend Tay was on Facebook today and she said, Hey, podcast recommendations. I'm like, Oh, that's right up my alley. Right. I mean, I got the best podcast in the world. So why wouldn't I let her know about it? You know what I'm saying? So, Messenger or text her. I'm like, hey, post, I comment, I comment. That's the word. I heard one called hyphenation. There is some explicit episodes though, because she mentioned that there there were ease on one she had seen. She has two young boys, and I'm guessing she's going to listen to them while listen to the podcast while she's around them. And I get it that she doesn't want to listen to explicit material because they're two very impersonable, very impressionable little boys. And you don't want them coming out their mouth saying some of the things that people say. (laughs) I try my best to keep Well, early on, I know I tried my best to keep hyphenation clean. I put an explicit tag on it because I didn't want to box myself in. Because this is a free-flowing conversation that I'm having with no one right now. You guys, my listeners, you get it eh, X amount of hours after I sit here and talk to no one in general. So I'm just having this free flowing conversation with my little notes that I got on my Google docs and then I put it out in the world. So I didn't want to box myself in where it's like, man, if I feel like saying F, I can't say F. And I, I like, I don't want to have like one of the things going into this is I didn't want to have to edit much. I wanted to be able to slap on the, the, the um, intro the music intro, the music outro, uh, make the audio sound clear, and that's it. I didn't want to sit here and cut out my ums and my, uh, you know what I'm saying, and everything else that goes with it. Shout out Noelle Foley, though. See, that wasn't very feminist <laughs> uh, network still on. I, and like this gap that's right there. I didn't, like, I'm, I'm not going to leave that gap. That gap's like three seconds. Sometimes I'll be listening back to the podcast and I'll hear dead the air for a few seconds. Like, oh crap, podcasting. And then I'll come back in. But I didn't want... I have edited podcasts so much that it's literally been like a half a second gap between talking all the way through. Like, see Hip Hop Manifesto episode one. But then... I find doing it this way... where it's whatever happens on the podcast happens and we just keep on flowing. I would much rather do it this way. So without me putting an explicit tag on, I feel like I would be trying to watch my language. Granted, I watch my language all the time with Leah. I am pretty fully about 95% capable of not cursing if I don't want to curse. So, Tay made light of, of the explicit episodes. I told her I wasn't that bad, but sometimes, sometimes, I'm getting distracted because Mick Foley's talking out his daughter's chest and it's kind of weird. Um, I want to be able to get on here because it's the best podcast in the world and it's also the realest podcast in the world. And say what needs to be said. Hyphenation 17 can't be said without me dropping the M-bomb. Without me saying nigger. It can't. Just like earlier in this episode when I was talking about Hulk Hogan. You can't really tell that story without saying he said nigger. Unless you're a white guy. Then you should probably say he said the M-word. Because don't let me catch you slipping. So let me just put it out there. I know. My core listeners don't care. Obviously they enjoy the show. But. Would you prefer it either way? Would you prefer to have. The. A, lay, a less explicit. Hyphen. Because I feel like I do a good job. Like this episode. In pri- Recently I feel like I've kind of been falling off. But I don't feel like I'm going out of my way to cuss. I feel like I cuss appropriately. That's just me. And that's how a play has got to be. Stay kicking game with a capital G. As the players is on the block, I'm as real as can be. Word is born. Yeah, I'm, I'm rapping Queen Pen right now. That just happened. Please tell me another podcast where Queen Pen raps happen. Best podcast in the world. Get at me. But the main point of that little section was, it's like, okay, well, I just lost a potential listener because I have explicit content. I feel like the content outweighs the cursing, but I get that she wants to be able to listen to it around the boys. So it's it's a give and take. So if someone could get at me about that, that would be great. <laughs> I really apologize for all the coughing. Next topic. Craig Sager lost his fight to uh, leukemia a few weeks back which is really sad because of course anytime anyone passes away it's sad anytime anyone loses someone to cancer makes it even worse Sager had a bone marrow transplant a few years ago to try to combat the leukemia and it worked. He was in remission briefly. But then it came back. My uh most recent memory of uh Craig Sager before he uh accepted the Espies. The Espy award. And SPs were in June, I think. They might have won in July, but I think the SPs were in June. Where he accepted that courage award, the same one that Stu accepted it in Stu Pass Stewart Sky. Passed away a few months later. Was he called game. Was it Game six of the NBA finals. It was the first NBA finals game. He got the call. Because he always worked for TBS and CNC. And ESPN a, ABC said. Yeah let's get Sager to come call this. Like he's well enough to. Let's do it. And Sager went and did his sideline reporter thing. And LeBron, he interviewed LeBron at the end of the game. And, of course, LeBron was Game 6. They had just won Game 6, forced Game 7. It's very serious business out there in Cleveland that day. And he asked LeBron the questions like, how how you feel about Game 7 and what about this? And, you know, the typical game flow. I actually posted a video not that long after he passed. Ah. Uh, I yawned. I've, the yawning is what kills me. That's bad podcasting. <laughs> I mean, it's 1154 at night. I'm I'm a little sleepy, but my bad. <laughs> God. Episode 28 is a shit show. And no, there's no way to, what am I going to call it? A cluster? Then I might as well just say clusterfuck. <laughs> oh, this shit went off the rails real quick. He finishes with Craig Sager. LeBron does. And then LeBron takes a moment and in a very LeBron way says I can't believe this is the first finals game that you called. It's so awesome. Blah blah blah. Like I don't remember the exact quote but LeBron takes the time in the middle of his pursuit of yet his third ring in his seventh straight finals at this point. Let's see. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Six straight finals. He takes the time to big up Craig Sager on being his first finals. Now, when I was younger, back in the bridge, we got this little thing called a Prime Star. Eh. When did we get Promstar? 95? 94? 95? I remember the first thing I watched on Promstar was I turned on ESPN I think it was a weekday might have been off from school and Barry Sanders was getting interviewed on ESPN and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because moved to Cambridge 92 so he went almost Two years, which is basic cable, which is four NBC, five Fox, seven ABC, and nine CBS. Sometimes PBS. I feel like I've talked about this before on the show. Um, I tell you this because Prime eventually became Direct Direct TV. Oh, what was Prime Star? I feel like DirecTV went until later. I don't remember. But I feel like Prime Star definitely changed to something before it became DirecTV. And I'm going to have to Google it, but I can talk and Google. Eventually, I got my own satellite box on the other side of the house, on my side of the house. And that's where I would sneak out and watch Lion King or Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Or just be up extremely late for no reason other than the fact that you do it. But Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? No, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday is when TNT would show NBA games. And TNT not only had the best basketball won, other than A- NBC on Sundays, because it was the nineties and nineties NBA was the best NBA. I'm trying to move this closer to my mic, my mouth now, but they also had some of the best announcers like Vern Lundquist, who just retired from calling college football. Vern Lundquist and UB Brown were a pair of my favorite commentators on TNT. Kevin Harlan came up around that era. You had a lot of, um, of course, um, your man, Ernie Johnson was in the studio back in Atlanta. NBA. Um, crap. I don't even remember what the inside the NBA. It wasn't what it is now. I think it was just Ernie back then. I don't think it became like a major thing until the two thousands when Ernie really got his own little studio show and then NBA TV started taking off. But I really think Ernie used to just call that stuff back by himself. I, I'm probably wrong. But I, I mean, I spent many an evening watching high quality basketball on these channels And one of the common denominators between all these great basketball games was Craig Sager. He wasn't so over-the-top as he became in the 2000s, but Sager always knew his shit, his main thing. People laugh about his relationship with Popovich once they started doing the coach interviews during the game and has rapport with Popovich. But even though he knew Popovich hated, still to this day, hates doing these sideline interviews during the game, he still respected Craig. Because Craig always tried to do his job. And Craig always had the breaking news, whatever was going on. Um, During the game, injury reports, Back backstage drama uh, locker room drama Craig was zeroed in on that stuff Craig Sager was amazing at his job Craig Sager is also a better human being than he was at his job and it's a shame that he's gone so soon So rest in peace, Craig Sager. You're finally out of pain, brother. And just know that they're like myself. I'll never forget you, just as many others will never forget you. Craig Sager. And I completely forgot what I was supposed to be googling. <laughs> I never made it to Google to look. Oh, the prom star thing podcast in one oh one, brought to you by Kellen Conley, host of the uh, Hyphenation Podcast, the best podcast in the world. Prom star TV going to the Wikipedia. Let's see. I'm gonna get my answers. Promstar. Let's see. Yeah, went right to Directv. Okay, there's your there's your trivia today. Promstar got bought by Directv. Podcast one one. I got one more topic. Let's see what I got here. No, it's not Promstar. No, it's not. Firefox. Yes, podcasted one oh one. Oh, yeah, we're gonna end this on sour note. I don't like bowling. I don't know what it is. I've been bowling many times in my since I was 18, since I first hit that campus in Kaiser, West Virginia at Potomac State College. I have never liked bowling. I enjoyed bowling wasted, which I did many times, cosmic bowling and Kaiser at Potomac State College. The thing is with bowling, I'm not good at it. And that's what kills me. Because when, when you're bowling, I mean, you want when you're competing, regardless of whether, what it is, you want to be good at it and i'm really bad at it i am not a good bowler i can i can toss the ball halfway down the lane try to hit it in the middle no i can try to roll it straight down the lane no i can try the the slow roll with two hands down the lane nope <laughs> no one's ever taught me how to bowl. I don't know if my dad ever bowled. Don't know if my mom ever bowled. Bowling wasn't in my family like that. Angel on the other hand. Was on the bowling team. She has. her. Well she had her own bowling ball. I don't think we still have it anymore. We might though. She had her own bowling ball. She had. I think she might've had a glove. She might've had a glove, but I might be exaggerating too. <laughs> At one point, she, uh, has this little, like when she bowls, I came in the scrub, it like she has this form. And she'll bowl. And then she'll hold it. And then she kind of does a step away thing away from the lane as the ball Goes towards the pins and it's the coolest shit ever. And I'm like, what is that? Why can't I do something cool like that? It's she, because you she bowl, and it's your release, and she does this little step thing. And yes, I'm standing and podcasting. That's what the best podcast in the world's all about. <laughs> and she's she's a phenomenal bowler. I think she she can bowl in the two hundreds low to mid two hundreds when she's on, but most of the time she'll easily get in the high hundreds and embarrass anybody that's there with her. And I've just never been good at bowling. And the only reason I mentioned this is like for a second year in a row, since she's um been at her um middle school, she has had a Christmas party at Kegler's and Kegler's is directly connected to um a bowling alley. Well, I cannot remember that bowling alley's name it's been escaping me and I was just there it's it's really been uh, they, they have their Christmas party every year at this bowling alley at Kegler's and I've went last year I didn't get the bowl I was chasing Aaliyah the whole time <laughs> so that wasn't really that fun for me Aaliyah had a great time though um, this year, only stayed stayed at home, so it just me and Angel, and I still didn't have to bowl because they had already started, and it was like teen, They were doing this grades thing against the other grades, different teachers' grades against other teachers' grades, whatever. Um, like what grade they teach, literally. Um, in case you didn't figure out the first three times, I try to explain it. So I didn't have to bowl. I was just sitting there and I was like, man, I really don't like bowling like that. For me, personally. I could sit there on a Sunday afternoon when all the football coverage goes off and then all the football goes to CBS and Fox and Red Zone at 1 o'clock or a Sunday ticket. I could could Watch bowling. I have watched bowling before. Because watching them, it's it's kind of similar to golf. Because it's like, you have to be at a certain level to play as well as they do. And to watch it is to appreciate the game and their skill at the game. To so play either one of those, especially golf where I've never swung an actual golf club, at a golf ball, on a golf course, is disastrous. Hyphen out. Not quite. Recommendations. I mentioned this earlier. Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman. Pleasantly surprised. And let me let me tell you one thing, going back to my pro-women statement and why I'm listening to Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman, the whole album of stuff. It's about the music, bro. Like, seriously, it's not like, I like Ariana Grande's bangs. She's kind of cute. I'm going to listen to her music. It's not like where, when we were younger, it's like my, my, uh, not only was MTV putting me on the TLC, but my mom also had the Crazy Sexy Cool album. Changed my life. One of my favorite albums ever. Um, my dad was a, had old Anita Baker joints. That's how I got put on Anita Baker. Um, mom went through her Bonnie Raitt phase. Um, Give, give them something to talk about. That's a whole dope album. <clears throat> Excuse me. But. It, it, there's truly musical talent being put out. Not even talent. Um, good music just being put out by all these women I'm recommending. Real talk. So Ariana Grande had Dangerous Woman. Uh, I heard that on the radio like some months back. I was like, man, this trying to kind of go it's a it's a ballad, but it's not it's it's got a lot of kick to it and then into you came out, and of course into you is your typical pop sugary top forty song I was listening to that joint, man you know what into you really goes I really like into you. I can't help it and then the joint with Nicki Minaj just still on the radio came out side to side the reggae joint. I was like, I gotta listen to this album, cause my thing is fool me once, shame on me, you know, or f- shame on you. Fool me twice, that's shame on me. And and I apply the same thing to music. I mean, if I like your first single, and and like it's like okay, that's good for you. But if I don't, then obviously it's your fault. If you give me with the second joint, then that's on me. And if I decide to go listen to your album. And I hate it, Then again, that's on me for being done listening to your album. But I feel like I've reached a certain pedigree with the music that I can tell when there's something to it. Dangerous Woman is dope all the way through, start to finish. Um, I shared a song not that long ago on my Twitter, Appy Hyphen, and Resilient Redundancies on Facebook. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's really dope. It reminds me a lot. It has the same vibe as Bruno Mars' Treasure, um, but it's really good. The bonus tracks kind of fall off, but they are bonus tracks, so it's kind of like whatever. You just live with that. So give Dangerous Woman a lesson. A lesson. A listen. Turn it on your Spotify. I think you'll enjoy it. Second recommendation is. Now y'all really going to be mad at me. I have seen Purple Rain. I have heard every song from Purple Rain. But I am about 98% sure. That I never listened to the album Purple Rain start to finish. In it's original sequencing. Ever. Until. A few weeks ago. Hell it's been probably been a month now. And I feel like an idiot. Because once again. Prince. Has. Yet again managed to wow me. With how talented and one of a kind he is because easily Purple Rain's his best album and that's over Son of the Times, which I really enjoyed I haven't listened to 1999 yet though it's over Batman of course that's a gimme it's over Diamonds of Pearls that's another gimme P- Purple Rain yo wow I'm really going to get into all the. I don't want to. um, I want to get into the. The the meat of the Prince discography. Like. I want to get his early stuff. I want to hear. I got to listen to 1999. Got to listen to Parade. Like the stuff. Leading up to. um, When he became. The love symbol. The artist from known as Prince. I want to listen to all that. And I'll probably start to break off into around the mid-90s when he was putting out an album all the time on the internet and it's kind of hard to track what was what and then come back strong with uh, his later 2000 stuff when he kind of came back to the normal, I won't call it normal, traditional way of releasing music. But God, if you haven't listened to Purple Rain all the way through, listen to Purple Rain all the way through, don't be me god such a beautiful album and yes Purple Rain the track still makes me cry it did make me cry before Prince died FYI but it does now because Prince is no longer with us (sighs) last recommendation Childish Gambino Awaken My Love I tweeted out halfway through this album that this album is the sibling of Kendrick's To Pimp a Butterfly. If you've listened to To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar and you might have felt at times it wasn't as accessible as Good Kid Mad City or it wasn't it was too heavy or I feel like you had to turn it off because it was too much going on on the record. It was too black, even. All Childish Gambino did was say, okay, I see what Kendrick's going there. I'm not in a rapping headspace. Therefore, I'm going to take this I'm going to char- I'm going to take this idea that Kendrick started charge it up with some P-funk and George Clinton ideas and we're going to sit here and make a Parliament album in 2016 and that's exactly what he did Was it as groundbreaking and as amazing as I had hoped it to be? No. Was it satisfying? Hell yeah as Stone Cold's interviewing my favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels, right now on the WWE Network. The way that childish Gambino, Donald Glover has challenged himself to change It inspires me. Awaken My Love inspires me. Atlanta inspires me. I can't wait to see him play Lando. Young Lando. (coughs) Cannot wait. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kellen Conley. And this has been Hyphenation. Episode 28. Greatest podcast. In the world. No kidding. No fooling. I am proud to have brought you this episode. In 2016. And in 2017. If you like the show. You should go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, never miss an episode, and then share that link to all your cool friends. Hell, give it to your nerdy friends. Give it to somebody that's not a friend. Just say, you need this in your life. This will make your life better. You're welcome. I'm feeling myself right now. Not literally. That's gross. I'm podcasting right now. Jeez. dot com Of course is your home. For all. 28 episodes of fire. That's right. Official home of the Nation Podcast. I'm getting ready to. Do some things over there. For 2017. Get back on my writing. Writing steez. Get back on my content producing steez. Less content. Curating more content producing. That's what I'm going for in 2017. Yeah. You can find the show on Stitcher. You can find the show on the TuneIn app. You can find the show on Google Play. You can find the show by... Go on to Behaven.com, Scroll into the bottom to the podcast section. You'll see an RSS link. It'll actually say FeedBurner on it. Take that FeedBurner link. Put it into your favorite podcasting podcast listening device. And listen. That's what I'm here for. This is what I do. No fool, Lin, bruh. <laughs> Brah, Father Bra Um just in case you didn't know, episode thirty will be the Q and a episode. I have several questions, thanks to a chat thread I started. also thanks to Marcus Robinson, aka the Mark dot com Official sponsor of the Hyphen Nation podcast. But I need more. So uh, if you want to hit up a brother at Twitter. At B-Hyphen. On Facebook.com. Slash Resilient Redundancies. The page will say the Resilient Redundancies of Kellen Conley. Send me a message on there. I will get it. Email me at B-Hyphen at gmail.com or just email me at be- hyphen at gmail.com don't put at at be- hyphen at gmail.com or I'll never get it. Some other person will get it. And then they'll answer the shows on their, they answer, they'll answer questions on their podcast, which you're not listening to. You're listening to the best podcast in the world. Duh. <laughs> it feels so good to be back. But I would love to get more questions that I can answer. Cause most of the episodes should be about that. Cause I'm going to act like. Uh, well, good, the good thing is, my topics aren't too stale. But I couldn't just come in cold in the middle of the episode after being gone almost two weeks and be like, "Yep, it's still 2016." I didn't want to do that. Who am I if I'm not honest with my fans, my listeners, my people, my friends? Not the best podcast in the world, I can tell you that much. But Stone Cold Zoen. Like I said a minute ago. Now I'm gonna go ahead and steal his catchphrase for a second. This has been Hyphenation. My name is Kellen Conley, and I will catch your ass down the road. See how dope that is? Like that's just man that guy's good but for reals thanks y'all